0: You are listening to an Elam Christian Centre podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, good morning. How are you doing? Are you good? Look at this place. Holy moly. Someone took a crowbar to it. That is unbelievable. Everyone good down the back there? Looking good over here. Wow, you're packed in. That's amazing. So good to be with you. Let's put our hands together for the band. Thank you so much for leading us this morning. It's so good to be here again. I've had uh, the honor and privilege of ministering here before, and what a church, what a place, what a people. How many people love your pastors, Stephen Becks? Happy birthday, Steve. 40 years. I I cannot believe you're 40. You look um, no older than 39 and a half, and so it's... Absolutely wonderful, but the amazing friends, amazing people, big hi to everyone online as well. It is so great to be together and to have everyone in one place. And uh, as uh, Adrian said, I'm actually from Nelson, and this weekend, or this week, we've had crazy uh, floods. Before I got on the plane yesterday, one of um, one of our uh, team, actually, their house was just hammered uh, by it. So we were in there trying to clean it up, and they're 50-50 on whether they're going to be able to get back in so it is uh it has been crazy about 500 people homes evacuated uh so it is uh good to be here in the dry and uh, for those of you who have never met me you're probably missing out but i i i just wanted to let you know who i was so this is a family photo and it's sort of in line of i don't know if we've got the pic there we go there we are that's uh, that's me and rebecca my wife on the right and then they're our five kids And I chose this photo because that's not the week we've had. This is like dry. This is on the Abel Tasman. It's one of our favorite places to be. But um, that is me and uh, that is enough. I cannot believe you guys are doing a series called Outpouring. That is incredible and really dangerous. (laughs) The moment you start speaking about the Holy Spirit, stuff happens. Like real stuff happens. Who's ready for an outpouring? Anyone at all? If you're here for the first time, uh, I'm going to try to explain what that means, and you can see Steve's last uh, message last week online, uh, an incredible understanding and opener, but I want to talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit this morning, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Would you uh, pray with me? Father, I thank you for this moment, and I thank you for this people, and Lord, we just welcome you again as we've worshipped you this morning we look to you and we lean into you and we thank you for what you're about to do. I thank you for the unexpected, the surprise, the, the, the supernatural just being released in our hearts and our lives and even in this room and, and online, every space. So we welcome you and I pray there just be an ability, Lord God, to hear this morning for you to speak to each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Ever since I was young, very, very young, I have had an awareness of the presence of God. Uh, I grew up in what wouldn't be a cultural Christian family, as in cultural Christianity kind of being go to church every now and then, and that's sort of, you know, it. Um, my dad got saved quite radically, having not grown up in a family at all that knew Jesus. And my mum grew up in a believing family, but uh, the Word of God was really honoured. The gathering together of God's people was really cherished. I think I was in church like maybe seven or eight times a week. I'm not kidding. Uh, it was unbelievable, you know, the, the kind of immersion that brought. And the Spirit of God was certainly embraced, uh, the Holy Spirit. And so even when I was seven or eight, I'd be in a church service like this. And by, by like this, not at all like this. I'm talking about an organ. Uh, some hymn numbers on the wall. Is anyone uh, identifying? Yep. And the communion, which really felt like that juice had fermented badly overnight. And by overnight, I mean a a whole year maybe it had been left out. But God was there where his people were. That's been the promise. Where any two or three are gathered, God said, there I am in the midst of them. And I would sit maybe three-quarters of the way back as an eight- or nine-year-old and out of nowhere the Holy Spirit would just begin to touch my life. And I would begin to weep even as a kid, just in God's presence. Not because I was sad, but because my heart, my spirit was being touched by a force, an entity, that I'd not ever experienced until that moment. And then throughout the years, God also turned me up. Even in the years where I started running from Him, trying to search me out, trying to find me, He's so gracious, the Holy Spirit. So wonderful. He's, he's just big-hearted. and I don't know, you might feel like you've um, offended him. And you might feel like you have disappointed him. You might feel like you're running even today. But you know, um, you are never far from his mind. And he's always thinking of ways that he can reach you and ways he can get to you. When I was 23, I found myself, it's a very long story um, condensed, I found myself in full-time ministry wasn 't really my plan was i'd never thought of uh, doing that as a career move, but I did I found myself as a youth pastor and it, it was a super crazy situation where i didn't I remember the first day working as a youth pastor I sat down and I thought, what the heck do youth pastors do i hadn't been to Bible college I just had something to come alive in my heart and so I remember you know these childhood experiences, but now I needed something different I needed the Holy Spirit to turn up in my in my life in a way that I'd never known before because I was responsible now and I I had I, I guess I had some weight of um, people's lives and you know as youth passed I'd get letters from parents some parents would be like this thing's not you know this youth ministry's not spiritual enough and then other letters which was this youth ministry's too spiritual just take them hydro sliding and then we did things that were you know would get me locked up in prison today we 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 got I guess we're from the South Island, but I got a trailer load of sheep in one Friday night. It's probably enough said, really. And we did sheep racing in the auditorium as part of the night, just after the worship. Worship, and then we did sheep racing. And we it went a bit far as when we got the smallest young people from the youth group to ride the sheep. But anyway, I, I got a lot of letters. I got a lot of letters for that, and I wouldn't do it now. Um, I would not do it now not with cameras around anyway. (laughs) I remember um, these letters and I I remember the ups and the downs and the challenges of it. One night a visiting ministry came of someone, if I named them, you'd probably know them. They lead a global movement and they were coming through New Zealand and they just so happened to be there on uh, one night in about 2004, 2005. And uh, I remember just being in the meeting and just maybe like some here today, just so desperate, so hungry, so in need, I just could not, I just didn't feel like I could do this on my own, and just reaching out to God, and, and the pastor actually had, can I grab this Jeremy, had a white towel, hand towel, and botany obviously for Vision Sunday, Steve needs to include white towels, because I could get a tablecloth, but he was preaching, and he had a, um, a white towel, and um He just, every now and then, would just wipe his brow because he was sweating. We don't sweat while we preach uh, these days. It's just a bit energetic, isn't it? There's better aircon. And he was ministering, and God was moving, and everyone was being touched. I was being touched, and he was wiping his brow. And at the end of the meeting, because we hosted it, I noticed at the very end that um, the towel was left on the pulpit once everything was shut down. So I was like, this is awesome. I'm taking that towel. And if I told you how I really felt about it, you'd think I was really bizarre. But I went and I got that towel, and I hung it up on my office wall, and every week or two I'd get it down, and I'd just put it on my head and, (laughs) serious, wipe my brow. I'd just rest it. I know, you just think this guy's a twit. Why did they ever get him to speak? I just felt like maybe by having it near me, I could just get something that I needed, something that would impact me. A friend of mine actually who was another minister came in into my office one time and saw it on the wall and he goes, what's that? I said, oh, it's the towel from such and such. He goes, really? He goes, what do you do with it? And so I told him and he was like, I, I was kind of waiting for that sort of like, man, that's amazing. But he goes, that's totally disgusting. <laughs> that is horrible. But I didn't care. I was hungry for God. And here's the good news today. We don't need someone else's sweatcloth. We don't need someone else's anointing either. We have everything we need in the person of the Holy Spirit. You have total access, just like that man did, to him right now. Right now. And as much as you might go, yeah, yeah, you've passed the needs of the Holy Spirit. I want to say, if you're a parent in 2022, you need the Holy Spirit. Have you tried raising teenagers in 2022? In holy cow. Um, if you're a business person, you need the Holy Spirit. If you're, if you're working, employed, you need the Holy Spirit. If you're single and you're, and you're still just trying to work out life and you're relying on yourself, you need the Holy Spirit. But I go a step further. If you are planning to be Christ's follower, to really come and follow me, there is simply no way of doing it without the Holy Spirit. There's no way. Jesus called the Holy Spirit a gift. See in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father's promised, which you heard me speak about. I mean, they not only heard him speak about, but they saw him doing things that just simply you cannot explain. And, and I love that he called the Holy Spirit a gift. You know, today, we might call him weird or uncomfortable or unexplainable or unpredictable or, or, or maybe even outdated. Like, oh, no, no, the Christians shouldn't be like that. Maybe we think he's the odd cousin, you know, in the whole thing. We just, you know, don't quite understand. But how could that be if Jesus loved him and fellowshiped with him? And if you love Jesus, why would you not love the Holy Spirit as well? He was going to give you this gift because it was going to be so, so amazing. I mean, the, the whole thing, even in Acts, when the Holy Spirit turned up, Before that, just kings and prophets and special people who were appointed for specific tasks would know the presence, the power, the anointing of God. But now Jesus came and Jesus made a way. He dealt with sin and he dealt with death that restricted us. He made an open and living way, the Bible says, and that you could simply, what did Jesus say in Luke? He said, you could just ask God if you want. That's kind of Graham's paraphrase. I mean, if you asked your dad for a sandwich, would he just give you a bunch of rocks? If you asked him for a fish, would he give you a snake? And then what did he say? Well, you dads, even though you are evil, and it's like, well, that's pretty nasty. He's not calling you evil as in demonic, but he's calling you compared to the goodness, what Adrian was talking about before. Compared to the goodness of God, us dads who want the best for our kids, God is just exceedingly more than that. So why don't you ask? He finishes by saying, "How will he not also along with him give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask?" So you can just say, "I need you Holy Spirit." You might not quite understand how he moves and flows and operates. You might not understand you you need to get some <laughs> preacher's sweat towel. <laughs> you don't. But what you can do is begin a journey. And with that journey comes his presence. The Holy Spirit's presence. Holy Spirit wants to live in you move through you and even rest on you yeah just wants to take up residence what is the presence what do we mean when we talk about the presence of God we might think of a goosebump or a you know a youth camp you went to and you felt something or experienced something I, I I know through the Holy Spirit you can experience so much so much and the, and you never want to narrow it down to just one thing but you know, it's more than just the rainbow that appears over your house on one specific afternoon, making you feel like you can have confidence. Think about you. Think about your life, your presence. You know, you have presence. Your presence is distinct. When you go somewhere, something goes with it. It's kind of that tangible and tangible. You know, it's that, if you're a tidy person, you know, tidiness goes with you. If you're a creative person, tidiness does not go with you. <laughs> uh, if you're a busy person, a task-driven person, then you're just, like, really focused. And if you're a people person, then no tasks get done at all. And it's the default mood. Like, when you walk into a room, what mood comes in with you? Some people, joy. There's lots of laughter. Laughter and frivolity and fun. Other people are intense, and that's okay. That's all good. Um... Maybe, though, it's a sense of security. You know, some people, when they come into your life, it's just like there's a mana, there's a security, there's a steadiness. And for others as well, maybe if we flipped it around, maybe where, you know, they are, there's angst or anxiety or concern. They're like the distinctives of what comes with a person. And so the question is, well, can't God have presence too? If you have presence, can't God have presence if God is somewhere, surely that somewhere, you're going to sense him. What does it mean to know the presence of God? The Apostle Paul wrote that it was really vital for believers and followers of Jesus to grasp the idea of where God is. He wrote this in 2 Corinthians 13.5. It's massive. Examine yourself to see if your faith is really genuine. Test yourself. Okay, what's the test going to be? What do you, how do you sit this test? that surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you, and if not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Did you hear that? That the test of your genuine faith is that you would know that Jesus Christ is with you. And we would all think that it's a list of behaviors, it's a list of stuff for how you're gonna conduct yourself, and conduct is important. But Paul says the way to pass the test of whether you are truly a believer or not is that you actually know Jesus is with me. He's with me. He's with me today, and when I leave from this place, he's with me then. And when I go home, he's with me. And when I go to work, he's with me. And everywhere that I go, he's with me. So what are the distinctives of the presence of the Holy Spirit? Because that's the operation. That's how we know Jesus is with us, through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, 2 Corinthians 3.16 explains it really well. There's a huge list, but I just want to refine it to some things that Whenever anyone turns to Jesus, a veil is taken away, okay? So you begin to see spiritually. Now the Lord is spirit, and where, that's a place, the spirit of the Lord is, if he's with you, that's the genuine test of faith, there is freedom, liberty. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. It comes from the Lord, who is what? Spirit. So I just want to touch on these things as little distinctives and I kind of feel there might be some things here today for us that first of all, with the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, there's often clarity. So the veil is taken away. Confusion leaves. Chaos leaves. The Bible calls it revelation. Being able to reveal, the truth has been revealed to me in my mind and in my heart and now I can see things the way that they are. To perceive, to, to To understand, many in this room might feel like you've never had the Holy Spirit because you've never shaken, you've never, you know, rattled, you've never rolled. But did you know that intelligent thought is one of the hallmarks of the presence of the Holy Spirit? That's where you can be thinking in one direction, not the band, because that's not good for anyone, but you begin to think on a whole nother line, on a whole nother issue, out of nowhere, it's one of the hallmarks of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Same with discernment, to discern something. You walk into a room, you're like, something's not right here, something's not good. Even in your life, you could be sensing that. You might have issues going on, maybe a lack of direction. You don't know what to do, where to go, what to do next. Holy Spirit, the presence, brings what? The veil is taken away. The other thing that happens, a distinctive is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom. So absolutely today, I want you to hear this. There is freedom from strongholds. There is freedom from generational curses. There is freedom from generational patterns. Do you find yourself doing the same thing that your parents did and their parents did and you can't understand it? That can be a generational pattern that's followed handed down through, you can't even put pinpoint it, you can't put your finger on it. But let me tell you where the spirit of the Lord is that can be broken. How is it broken? You just ask God, break it God. I don't wanna be depressed like that. I don't wanna be hopeless like that. I don't wanna keep failing financially like that. Lord, I want what you want for my life. Freedom from sin. Freedom to be who you were created to be. Freedom to do what you were meant to do. Boldness comes with freedom. And then transformation is another hallmark. And uh, being transformed into his image, there is absolutely nothing the presence of God cannot change. You have to ask my friend Gary. I got a phone call to say that he had cut, had, been, had a heart attack and that he was likely to die it's part of our church, and we got a phone call, and he was so, so ill, and then he had another heart attack, and uh, it was looking very, very grim. I remember the phone call, and I remember going up to the hospital. And I remember getting into my car and thinking, you know, in the natural mind, you start to think about what doctors do say and what, what verdicts are given. And I just got in my car and I thought, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And I put on a YouTube about the Holy Spirit. I'm a pastor. I mean, I've had someone sweaty cloth. But I just fed my spirit. On the drive from my office to the hospital. I don't, I'm not thinking about Gary and I'm not thinking about the moment where we're going to pray. I'm thinking about the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's the agent of transformation, the agent of healing and power. So i just just feeding my spirit, feeding my spirit, feeding my spirit, get a park, hop out of the car, the most unusual thing happens. And I, you have to bear with me. I have this impression that I have wings. <laughs> Wings. Never happened to me ever before. I, don't, I can't see them. I'm not like flapping them like, yeah, buddy. Like, that's not, that's not what's going on. I have this distinct impression. And you know with the thought of I've got wings came this thought, the Holy Spirit's on me. That was all. And I've learned over the years, and this is really important, and if you want to walk with the Holy Spirit, don't overthink it. Whatever you do, do not overthink it. Do not in your mind try to explain it. So I just thought, fine, Holy Spirit's with me. And I began to get excited. I was walking up the stairs, I remember walking down the corridors to the ward, get it? Thank you, Holy Spirit, you're with me. Oh, I was getting all, I was feeling bubbly on the inside. So I walked into the room, and there's Gary and his wife, and I said, hey guys, how are you? You know, <laughs> well, it's obvious, isn't it? But you know, when we've got the Spirit of God, we can blow into situations like a breeze, like a warm Fijian breeze, Steve, you know, like a breeze and like an air. And So anyway, I said, hey, what's, you know, what's been going on? Excuse me. It's a furball. And I said, we should pray. And in that moment, phew, oh yeah, Holy Spirit's with me. I've got nothing to offer him. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a cardiologist. You know, I'm barely qualified in anything. I got 49% in school cert maths. My mum said, you should get a recount, sent the 30 bucks in. I came back at 47%, it was great. <laughs> Money she never got back. And I laid hands on her, him. I laid hands on, not my mum. I laid hands on him. And I said, Father, come by your Holy Spirit. Bring healing, bring wholeness. I just began to go after this. And I, up out of me, I said, I speak life and not death. Life and not death. So that's about 10 months ago. The other week I saw Gary. Gary, how you doing, man? He goes, I'm back at work. Feeling good, feeling strong. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. There is no marriage the Holy Spirit cannot transform if you participate. If you are humble and you say, boy, we need you. She's to blame. She's to blame. If you stop doing that and go, we're both to blame. Holy Spirit, come and help show us. The other th- distinctive is glory. So we contemplate the Lord's glory, it says in that scripture. Let me tell you what I've seen and known that when Jesus is in, his, in, in a room, his presence is here. There's glory, there's weight, power. I'm going to swear in church. You ready? Joy. We, we sometimes come to church thinking that you're going to please God if you're really contemplative. Oh, maybe, but maybe not. Maybe if you turn up going, I'm so looking forward to being with the Lord and I'm so looking forward to being with each other and I'm walking in the freedom of the finished work of the cross, you would be amazed at what begins to happen in the air. Wings. <laughs> anyway, love. Romans five five says that the love of God has been poured out by the Holy Spirit into our hearts. Until his presence comes to rest on us, the love of God is an idea. But when the presence comes, it becomes an experience. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Centre podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.